This is Diapers and Disciples, episode 104. On Diapers and Disciples, we're talking about living out the Great Commission as a family. I'm Amber O'Hearn, and today I'm chatting with the hosts of the podcast Laughs and Littles, Annie Tarr and Sarah O'Brien. We're talking about the early beginnings of homeschooling, making and nurturing friendships, and balancing all the things when you're a mom of littles. If you enjoyed this episode, you can check out more from Annie and Sarah and find a link to their podcast in the show notes for this episode. Thanks for listening today. Here's my chat with Annie and Sarah. Well, Sarah and Annie, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I was thinking we could start off with you just each telling me a little bit about you and about your families. So Sarah, would you want to go first and then we can go on to Annie? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm Sarah and we we were living in South Bend and that's how I got to know Annie. Um, my husband was doing a, the Master of Divinity at Notre Dame and then he graduated in the spring and this summer we moved to um, – Maryland, and he's doing a PhD in theology at Catholic University. So my kids are, uh, I have three girls, and they're five, three and a half, and 17 months. And yeah, I'm I'm at home with them, and that's kind of us right now. Great. I love it. And my kids are four and a half, two and a half and 10 months and uh claire likes to say that she whenever we like see someone new she's like tell them that we turned four and a half and two and a half on the same day but (laughs) (laughs) it was just like i looked at the calendar at one point i was like you're both four and a half and two and a half (laughs) oh that is so sweet Uh, but yeah i'm still in i'm still in south bend i'm we're like on the same track as sarah's family we're just a year behind. <laughs> awesome. Um, my oldest two, Lucy and PJ, are their birthdays are one day apart. So it's always oh, funny yeah. with like celebrating birthdays because it's like, okay, this year, do we want to celebrate them together? Or do you guys want, I mean, should we do cake two days, but presents on the first day? <laughs> Things like that. Because it's hard to wait when you know your birthday is the next day. <laughs> so that's usually what we end up doing. But I love that. My husband and his sister are two days apart. Oh, okay. So they she had that same thing. A, well, she always had a party, and he always went out to a fancy dinner. That's how they got oh, around Oh, that. <laughs> that's nice. That's a good way to do it. I love that. <laughs> well, um, maybe you guys could each share a little bit about your faith journeys as well, um, if you grew up in the faith or um, how you came to the church. Yeah, well, we are both converts. Um, we actually just did an episode on our conversion stories because we have very different <laughs> entries into the church. I I came definitely from like hostility to Catholicism, definitely thinking that most Catholics were not Christians, just very, very stereotypical um, stuff. And really, Alex like nine months into marriage, decided to become Catholic, really with no <laughs> warning. Wow. <laughs> and he just, he had so so much grace from God, um, understanding that the Eucharist was Jesus and, mm. and was just thinking, nothing else matters. I want Jesus. Mm. So thank goodness for him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, and then, I don't know, it was like six months later that I became Catholic with him. Awesome. <laughs> oh, we came into the church on Pentecost, and that was uh, six wow. years ago. That's awesome. And I'll link to that episode you mentioned in the show notes as well. But um, I'm curious then, what was that like for you receiving that information from him? Oh, I <laughs> Did he like just that for like four months straight? We, yeah. could, we could not not find <laughs> So did you know he was like studying or like wrestling he wasn't with this? Or... Oh, okay. It was just like a... one time he just went to noon mass um, and wow. came home. That's wow. That's amazing. This is this is very much just like how we are too. Like when we came out here to South Bend in Indiana, he actually didn't get in 
to the master's program when he first applied, even though he already had a master's in biblical um, studies. And we just moved out here anyway. So he's got gumption. awesome oh, and then he got in the next year he, you know we we, we made yeah. oh that's so great I love that and then what about you Sarah um yeah so I grew up Christian a strong Christian family strong faith and um I came to really own it more in college and that's where I met my husband who's a cradle Catholic and so meeting him was the start of my journey towards Catholicism and then about a year after we got married and like a couple months after our first was born, I became Catholic. So I've been Catholic for five years now, coming up on five years. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so then I'd love to hear like bringing it to current day, like from those points for you both, how like your Catholic faith has like impacted you now in your, in like your marriage and how you parent. And I believe you both homeschool. So like, is that right? You both homeschool? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then how you homeschool and um, what, it, what is that like for you? How does your faith impact all that? Yeah. Well, we can we struggled with this a little bit, this question. <laughs> oh yeah. No problem. We were like, I don't know. No. no. <laughs> I remember when, when I first became Catholic, it was like every, I, in the first year, I was like, wow, everything is different. But even, I think mm. it's six years, but I think it has been five years. I don't know, whatever it's been. It feels so normal now. It's it's hard mm. to remember what it's like to not be Catholic. <laughs> yeah. Huh. That's but I, cool. I think just like, I mean, being being a Christian means we're, we're focused on what's, what's good, true, and beautiful. And our emphasis is on getting to our heavenly home, um, not just being the best or getting the best job. So whatever problem or goal we have, seeing if it's in line with those values, I would say is is what um, we're focused at. And I actually just recently went on um, an Opus Day retreat, which was so great. And because I had kind of been praying either in the morning or either at night. And but what I've been doing now um, is really having that prayer life where I'm checking in with Jesus throughout that day mm-hmm. and, um, you know, morning, afternoon, late afternoon and evening. And it's and that's making it a lot easier to be a peaceful mom. And I don't I didn't see that in mm-hmm. my very good Protestant upbringing. They just I, I didn't have that structure of a prayer life. Mm. That's interesting. Has that been hard for you to, like, I, how do I phrase this? Has it been hard for you to like, remember to like check in with Jesus throughout the day or is it something? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I mean, it's hard to remember to like drink water throughout the day. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) This is why I try to have crucifixes all over my house. (laughs) physical reminders. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. I, uh, we had our, our priest over for dinner last year, I guess it was now. And, um, I was telling him like how often I like go throughout the day and it's like, have I even thought about Jesus? And he's like, that's why you got to pray that morning offering. It's like a catch all. Like if you pray in the morning, offering in the morning, like, Lord, I offer you everything today. Then it's kind of like, oh, you did that at least in the morning. And then it's all, all covered. So <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that's great. And then, um, did you have any more thoughts, Annie or Sarah, did you have any thoughts on that? The, um, yeah. I mean, the, the first thing I thought of was like, just with the ups and downs of parenting little ones that like forgiveness is something that I have the chance to model or like asking for forgiveness um, multiple times every day. So like, yeah, I think my faith, like humility and, and being like, okay, I'm doing my best, but I mess up. And so when I mess up asking for forgiveness, and kind of then seeing my girls sometimes do that well with each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
That's awesome. I love that. I had just like a good reminder today. I was um, just like, (laughs) I had like a couple like missteps in a row where um, I was trying to do this like, anyways, it doesn't matter. It's like a caulking stuff in the bathroom and I totally messed it up and like the stuff got stuck to my finger and it's like super glue. I can get it off. And then I was like calling for Cameron and then I like stubbed my toe and there's like all these things and I was getting kind of like frustrated with the kids because I'd asked like, okay, we're picking up the toys before dinner. We're picking up the toys before dinner. And they just kind of weren't getting on the ball and I was getting frustrated. So I like just went down and sat in my room for a little bit with uh, Ellen and I was nursing her. And then um, PJ, who is um, four now, came in and he was bringing me a crucifix. And he's like, I, I thought this would help you feel better, mom. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, oh yeah, my suffering compared to like the suffering of Christ. I was like, oh gosh. I was like, thank you, PJ. <laughs> Actually, I was like, the first thing I said to him was like, okay, go hang that back up on your wall. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, come back. Let me kiss you. And, um, it was just one of those like reminders, like the Lord was speaking to me through my kids. Oh man, I needed to hear that so bad today. But um, yeah, so <laughs> I love those reminders from our kids. Um, so I also would love to know, with you guys both homeschooling, and I know you have um, younger ones now, maybe you could walk me through like a typical homeschool day, what you found has been working for you guys. Because um, I know a lot of people listening to the show are um, are people that are probably new to homeschooling or maybe are like in the early stages of homeschooling. So it might be helpful just to hear um, a couple different perspectives of what's been working for you guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm totally new to homeschooling. Like I was not homeschooled. This okay, is, this is our first. Say, though, Sarah went to Stanford, so she's <laughs> super smart. Okay, and I had my credential. There's some credibility, and we are still talking to each other all the time because we're like, what? <laughs> oh, I love that. Yes. Um, yeah. So, but. But to say also, I'm doing – so my oldest is five. She just turned five like right before September 1st. So it's, okay. it is technically her kindergarten year. And yeah. I in the state of Maryland, I had to register as a homeschooler, which I was like, whoa, yeah. this is legit now. Um, but I think I'm also feeling like kindergarten is a great place. if to To start trying homeschooling, I feel like – really good about it because it feels pretty low pressure and like she's five yeah and so our homeschool day is like really short lessons mostly book based like just reading books and um so like our our kind of routine that we've fallen into is um as we're eating breakfast or like our first round of breakfast because (laughs) Um, we'll all like once we're all kind of sitting down eating and I've strapped the toddler into the high chair um I will read some a few books and that's like our morning time it's like a bible story and then a a book that's kind of getting at geography or history in like a fun way and then a literature book so like we're going through the Winnie the Pooh stories and and the A.A. Milne's um, poems. So we'll do some poems. And then we'll kind of have a break and like they'll play and like all, you know, morning chores or whatever. And then around nine o'clock, my 17 month old, I'm still, she's dropped her morning nap, but I still put her in her crib (laughs) for like 15 to 40 minutes. And sometimes she'll nap. Anyway, she does like a morning time, morning like nap time and um that's when we go to the dining room table me and the five-year-old and the three and a half year old Mm. do reading lessons and math lessons there and I'm going through the teach your kid to read in a hundred easy lessons book oh yeah that's what we used to yeah and um that's what Annie and I have trouble we've been troubleshooting (laughs) that quite a bit Uh, (laughs) but 
And then I got a math curriculum for free. I basically copied like other friends who I saw who were homeschooling, who like actually researched and like know what they're doing. And I was like, well, she's doing that. So like, I'll try it. And it's this kind of like real life based math. Anyway, it's really fun and it's still really easy for her. So she like loves it. (laughs) Um, And the, and my three-year-old likes it too. So, and then once that's done, we get Kiara up and we pretty much like just go out of the house then for a walk to the park or something and then come back in lunchtime. And that was like our school time for the day. And sometimes in the afternoon, like after naps, we'll pick up Winnie the Pooh again or poems again. But mostly it was like we we banged out school, you know, by, by 10 a.m. Um, yeah. And then every other week there's this homeschool co-op um, – that does like a nature club. So you just like meet at a park and get like a short lesson on something and watercolor a picture of it. Um, So it's like a Charlotte Mason group. So I'm sort of going Charlotte Mason-esque for this year (laughs) and um, enjoying that journey. Um, And then it's just a lot of like outside time and and playtime. We're both really intrigued by the Charlotte Mason thing. We just can't figure out what all the words mean. Yeah. (laughs) I uh, a lot of lingo. Yeah. I actually just got the Charlotte Mason companion, companion, I think it's called, or I forget exactly, manual maybe or something. It's um, by uh, Karen Andriola. She's the one who wrote Mother Culture. I think I might have that book. Yeah. Oh, okay. I haven't started reading it yet, but I've been – um, excited to flip through it because I'm kind of intrigued by that kind of style as well. We do a lot of read aloud, like you mentioned, Sarah, and um, and I also really like like the classical approach too. So we've kind of been, yeah, just mixing in a, a couple different things. Our oldest is first grade too, so we're still in the early stages, but yeah. And what about you, Annie? That's kind of your same style? Yeah. And my daughter's four and a half And so I feel like it's even lower pressure. And when we, at the beginning of this year in February was when I started doing more of structured activities with her. And when I realized like, oh, we need to start at like, here is a page that has instructions. You can't can't just color on it willy nilly. Um, So I had to backtrack of like, that is a skill. Um, so right. And I'm amazed. I mean, she went from not even knowing, um, her sounds to now, uh, we're like almost halfway through the hundred easy lessons. Um, and she's reading and it's just, it's, it's oh, awesome. much joy. She, every time someone asks her if she can read, she says no, but <laughs> no, I don't know how to read yet, <laughs> but I keep telling her you, what you're doing is reading. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. But we've been doing lots of, um, I do, I, we do love the book. Um, my first, I would say before getting into kind of like our routine is that I think a lot of people do get lost in deciding what curriculum to use mm. and in deciding how much time they should actually be spending on things. And, um, I come from a background of education, and so I've seen a lot of students and parents working their students and teachers who get frustrated with curriculums and then just kind of like toss them out and thinking that like the perfect curriculum is going to solve all of our problems (laughs) rather than like it's just a it's just a hard thing to learn and it's hard to um with your child all day sometimes. <laughs> anyway, so I've really appreciated um, Sarah's feedback and we've been, yeah, brainstorming things. So we start the day with the reading lesson and it was getting a little bit challenging for her and she was guessing a lot of words. So we started doing like one lesson over the span of three days. And then yeah. I just added in, I made her some like sight word um go fish cards oh fun yeah and she totally loves that although today we played it and by the end of the game she had four cards in her hand and she was like 
where do these cards go? And I was like, well, you have two matches. <laughs> <laughs> and she was not oh. embarrassed at all. She was just stoked that she had points. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> it was fun. Uh, and then, um, but I've been really excited about that um, reading program. And, and then we just have whatever random math workbook is at hand. At first I was like printing out lessons or trying to do super special manipulatives with her, but she's been having a lot of fun just doing whatever like target or dollar store math workbook that we, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's really just like 20 to 35 minutes or so very similar to like Sarah's morning and then it's done. That's all. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I really love that because I think there's uh, like a lot of pressure and I was kind of similar with the hundred easy lessons where we started out doing like a full lesson a day mm-hmm. and now we just go until like my my daughter who's um six like is like okay I'm done <laughs> you know what I mean so usually it's just like a page we read one page and um and then we move on and I think there's this pressure to like I feel this with like the math workbook as well like oh my goodness, we got to like stay on track. But then I remember like, we don't have to be on a certain schedule. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's okay that we take some time off and it's okay that we don't do every single problem on the math worksheet. And I really love, um, do you guys know Sarah McKenzie from Read Aloud Revival, that podcast? Yeah. Okay. I really love her style of just like, you know, reading a lot to your kids and kind of, um, you know, doing a little math each day and mm-hmm. going from there. I think I heard her say in an episode once that, um, you know, a lot of lifelong learners actually read between the ages of seven and nine, but there's like this pressure to like, we got to learn everything like super early. And I don't know if you guys have felt that at all in homeschooling, but like a pressure to be like on a schedule. Um, <laughs> Sarah, you should talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? What are you thinking of? Well, I was just thinking of you had some questions of yes, but but are you teaching her what she what she needs to learn? Oh yeah. Mm. I think I think that the most when I'm like thinking about if I want to send her back into school. Yeah. And like I don't know. But I really I really have not been thinking about that at all the last like too much you know I, I i think once we got into a rhythm i just like let all of that go mm-hmm. yeah um yeah i i like i like that rhythm versus uh like schedule mm-hmm. um i'm reading a book called the the brave learner that's um oh gosh i forget her name julie something julie yeah, Bogart, i've, I've heard of that book Okay. Yeah. So the part that I'm on right now is talking about the difference between like schedule and rhythms and how with homeschooling, usually what's going to work best is like rhythms because you're not in a school, you're at home. Mm -hmm. And um, I really like that because then it doesn't feel like if you get behind on, feel behind on things, you have to cram in, you know, everything to make up for lost time, but rather it's just kind of like the rhythm of life and your learning is, in that. And it's okay if you go a day without doing a math worksheet or something. Yeah. But. And I think with, for me with Charlotte Mason too, there's like a lot you could do, like, like the nature study, the nature journals. Mm-hmm. I kind of went down a rabbit hole of like watching all these YouTube videos and like, what is this? And like, how do you yeah. journal? And like, <laughs> what do I need to know if I'm like going to get, get her a, na- a journal and say like nature. And then I was like, okay, this is actually just getting out into nature and like, it's fine. But then there's also like picture study. And anyway, I've, I've been happy with what I've kind of bitten off right now because I've seen kind of like, okay, when I have energy and I'm like on it, we can do it. And when I have no energy and I'm really grumpy, we can do it. So I was like, this is a good amount of stuff (laughs) that we're doing. And I also have a, I have a friend who has five kids and is been homeschooling for longer and she this year was saying she's gonna like take it in six week chunks and at the end of six weeks kind of have it blocked in for her to take a week off and like review and assess how things went how each kid's doing Mm -hmm. and kind of like what do we want to do the next six weeks 
Um, oh, I like that. Yeah. And I like that too of like, oh yeah, this fits with my life. Like I, yeah, I don't know. And, and just kind of seeing, oh, we've like gotten into these books or like I picked up story of the world and now we're kind of reading all these books on ancient Egypt. And like, I didn't foresee that back in August, but it's fun now. And I'm fine with that amount of flexibility but and I think Annie helped me get into the like daily um, kind of setting the expectation of like there will be this school time each day mm. and like they expect that now. And then we have mm. these things that I can kind of fill in of like, okay, we're doing this now. We're doing this now. But like we have this set kind of expectation of we will be we will be doing some kind of school. Yeah, because yeah, I started my homeschooling days with a box of activities, and it was like, pick one today. <laughs> yeah. Like a clock for like clockwork or a workbook yeah. with a you know magic eraser. Yeah, okay. Kind mm-hmm. of those books. Yeah, I like that, and I think you're right. There's something about the routine of you know around breakfast, like mom is reading to us, and that's part of school, and you know. Um, whatever things you have in the day that they're kind of used to that. And that gives them, you know, some security and um, yeah. And I think they're able to enjoy it more when it's, when it's, when it's that way, when there's some routine kind of scheduled in. So I like that. Um, Any other thoughts on homeschool before I go on or any other like encouragement for homeschool moms? I would say that, I mean, Sarah already kind of talked about this with, you know, like the ancient Egypt stuff, but choice is really important for kids. And I mean, it is good to go whatever grade you're teaching and look at the standards of just kind of like, what is, what are the standards in my state for math and, and reading and language? And you'll probably see how far ahead you are of that <laughs> if you're doing anything <laughs> and you'll feel great. Um, but going with, with what your kids are interested in and helping them probably more than you feel like you need to, you're probably not giving them the answers to the question um, by helping them. What I mean, like it's good. It's if they're struggling it's good to help show them what the answer is in, in a way that helps them work backwards. Mm. Learning can be, you know, linears forwards and backwards. Um, so, you know, help them. Don't, don't let them get so over frustrated and be like, you have to figure this out. I've given you all the tools. Like just, just help them, give them the answer and then, then work it back. That helps them see what's going on and what they're really studying. Mm. I love that. And I love that about homeschool that we could like have that opportunity to work specifically with our child to, you know, if they're struggling in a certain thing to be able to um, work with them specifically on that. I really like that. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. Like my daughter still can't do the word said. And internally I'm like, we've seen this word a hundred times, but each time she gets there and she gets bad, I just say said. (laughs) (laughs) We're just just not going to get upset about it on the outside. (laughs) That's a tricky word. It's a tricky one. (laughs) It's a hard word. Yep. (laughs) Oh, that's sweet. I love that. I think too. So like in the summer when I was thinking about homeschooling, I was like reading, starting to read Charlotte Mason stuff, talk to Charlotte Mason moms, you know? And I was like, Chris, we're just gonna, telling my husband, like, we're just going to read books. Like, I'm just going to like fill our house with beautiful living books and we're just going to read and it's going to be so great. And he was like, are you going to do math? (laughs) And he, he looked up the like common core standards for kindergarten math and it, and like Annie was saying, it actually made me feel a lot better because I was like, oh, she already knows like most of this, like anything I do we'll just be like extra. Anyway, it was just like yeah. lowering the lowering the stress and like finding joy in it. And I think I mean this works for me because I like reading to them. I like all the books we're picking. So it doesn't feel uh like a grind to me. And the yeah. teaching her how to read is actually really really cool. Um and I'm just like, wow, I never would have foreseen this, but like I'm the one teaching her how to read. Like 
this is yeah it's pretty special yeah i love that um when you mentioned that it made me think of a podcast i just started listening to so i want to mention it um in case people haven't heard of it because i think it's relatively new but it's called um make joy normal have you heard of that podcast or listened to it at all no i haven't yet okay (laughs) that's one of my favorite homeschooling ones and then the read aloud revival and then let's see scully sisters i'm just looking at my list here those are usually the ones i listen to any homeschooling like podcasts or resources you guys like i really like uh what is it raising good humans which is not specifically it's it's a secular podcast um but she has a PhD, yeah, Raising Good Humans. And she's she's got a lot of really relevant ones specific to COVID. But a lot of like, Sarah, what was that one where she had the discipline lady on? Yeah. She had the one of the authors of the No Drama Discipline. Yeah. Oh, oh awesome. Yeah, that was good. So I don't remember what it was just, called. Yeah, something something like that. It was not just homeschooling, but it's because um, homeschooling isn't just teaching, you know, your kids, it's right. living with them and yeah. um, and doing that as peacefully as you can. So that's when I like. I love that. Yeah, I'll look that up and then I can maybe even link to that specific episode if people want to check it out. Great. Um, well, I also wanted to ask you too, uh, if you like looking back on motherhood, what you've experienced so far of motherhood, if there are certain certain things that you've learned about yourself? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So my, my journey with motherhood is on the same timeline as my journey of being Catholic. So it's been really good for me to like things like the morning offering things where it's like bringing bringing God, finding God in the ordinary, in the everyday moment, offering him your works, joys, prayers, and sufferings. Like all of that at, in my first year of motherhood was like mm. a breath of fresh air because I was like, Ah, like I have no control over my time anymore, my sleep. Like, how do I get 30 minutes of quiet and just Bible reading all by myself? And then it was like, well, do I even have a prayer life anymore? Because that was kind of like how it had been um, for me. So, yeah, I I think kind of motherhood, uh, this like – yeah, and like seeing it as okay, how is this like my path to holiness? And as it looks with like busy days and poopy diapers and like sometimes a lot of like happy chaos, like finding God in that and then finding like this really is like peeling the onion of my selfishness. Like mm. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I feel that so much. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's beautiful. And kind of like, okay, this this is what God wants for me. Like, and how is this making me into the person he wants me to be? And um, so I think I've learned a lot about myself, like, through kind of like the rage that I can feel when I don't get enough sleep exercise alone time like mm. kind we call of this third baby rage yeah third baby really <laughs> it. I don't know if you have <laughs> I you know it's I have like had well not so much with my first just because like everything was new but I think I have had like with every new child being added there's been like a little bit of that <laughs> and I think some of that is also like a legitimate there was some postpartum depression stuff going on mm-hmm. but yeah I think there's just something to the transition that is just crazy <laughs> yeah and so it's like learning what I need to be a good mom like I I am not normally a person filled with rage so like well, how can I get back to like <laughs> my normal self <laughs> Like learning that I need that and how to ask for that and how to like build that into our week. 
And then also learning that I really love being a mom. And when we were living in the Bay Area when we got married and we were like the only ones we knew who were getting married. So I felt like oh, I'm too young to be doing this. And then we had a baby right away. And I'm like, I'm way too young to be doing this. Like no one else is having babies. <laughs> so sort of feeling like apologetic, like, yeah, I have this baby, but like I'm still working and like I'm still in ministry. Like this isn't my whole deal and kind of like, I don't know what this motherhood thing is. And sort of in this, in the years, like looking how I've kind of grown of like, no, I can really own this now of like, I, I love being a mom. It is super hard, but like, this is like really meaningful work. And yeah, I think it, yeah. I think I'm where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. That's so good. I was thinking about, uh, some conversations I've had where people have, other moms have mentioned like, I used to be like, and I can even relate to this myself, like I used to be, you know, so, um, uh, what's it called? Just kind of like, um, how do I describe it? I guess just like happy and free to make choices and spontaneous. That's probably the word I'm looking for, spontaneous. <laughs> and Fun. Um, yeah, fun. <laughs> that one too. And then it's like motherhood hits and it's like, am I still fun or am I still happy? And I think it's like, it's not that, I think there's a learning curve. I think that's what it is. Like, I think you are going to, I'm saying this like to myself, like I was able to find like my happiness and my joy and even a little bit of like spontaneity, but it took like a, a time to realize how that looks in like motherhood versus how that looks when you're single and you don't have any kids. Um, so I don't know if that's felt yeah. similar for either of you guys. I, but. I had a spiritual director ask me, like, what do you do for fun? Or like, what is fun to you? And I just like burst into tears. <laughs> so like, wow. I can't think of anything. <laughs> I don't have fun. <laughs> and then oh, she helped me come up with yeah. this list. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's helpful, I think, to – I love that you mentioned that because I think it's helpful to have another perspective too. Like if you have someone ask you that and like help you think through it, yeah. I think that's helpful too. Like seeing how your gifts and what you love you can still find in motherhood, but it just might be a little different or maybe you have to make time for it in a new way. So I, I like that a lot. Awesome. And then what about you, Annie? Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Annie was like, you should go first, Sarah, because I don't have a good answer for this. Okay. I will say this. Sarah's um, like journey into the church greatly involves NFP, like Mm -hmm. in her draw to that. And mine is the opposite. (laughs) Mine was a stumbling block. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So that's what I learned about myself that that NFP yeah. is and being open to life, yes, is wonderful, but a, a huge sacrifice and I my mm. way to sainthood, hopefully. Mm. Interesting. I love that I love that for each of you it's um it's been NF, your NFP journey's been kind of different. Have you done an episode on that already on your podcast? Not yet. Okay, well, do we it. Talk, we talk about that in our conversion story. Yes, yeah. Okay, but okay. Yeah, I don't even know what we would say. Yeah. <laughs> so much. So much. Yeah. I, uh, Cameron and I uh, did an episode with uh, Jenny Yubing and oh, her, so her husband. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, good. Okay, uh, yeah. And what I loved about something she said is like the more kids she has, the more re- – it's been kind of like she like relaxes into it basically like okay god like if this is what you want because I think we have felt that like in the earlier like with each time it's like kind of even you know when we first got married we were like we're gonna wait to have kids and um and then we got pregnant on our wedding night (laughs) like no actually (laughs) uh the Lord's just gonna throw us right into it which is fine um so I wonder if like over time and I think it's just like part of it is 
when you have so many little people relying on you, there's a lot of difficulty there. And then discerning like, what are, you know, where are we at in life? Like, what are our reasons for maybe needing to like mentally or financially or yeah, it's tough. I, I feel ya. <laughs> so, okay. So you mentioned this at the beginning that you two uh, became friends when you were both living in South Bend, but how, how did you two meet and uh, what has been like, what has your friendship been like? Yeah. Well, we met where we were a part of um, a rosary group email chain um, and we met at the grotto at Notre Dame of Our Lady of Lords because we were all called together to pray during um, the most recent church scandal. And so it was a very mm-hmm. heavy day. And we felt called to pray. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. We gathered together. Yeah. yeah. I see. Yeah. <clears throat> And I was new to town and I was like, so when are you all meeting again? Let's do this. (laughs) And so I started um, hosting every other week. And so I started to see Sarah more regularly, but we didn't, we didn't have like a, we definitely didn't instantly jive. I mean, I don't think that most relationships are just like, we are meant for each other. I think it's a combination of like, we're both interested in investing in this relationship we both feel energized by it our Mm. kids either like play together fairly well or at least we feel like it's building good friendship skills and yeah what would you say sarah yeah yeah it took a while it was a slow process um because we're not super alike yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, so are, are are you guys familiar with, like, your temperaments or if you're introverts, Sarah, extroverts? All but... on that. Okay. Oh, <laughs> so what are – what are wise, identify? I don't know exactly what Annie – well, actually, I haven't <laughs> thought about that. I'm, like, a phlegmatic – phlegmatic. I think okay. Annie's more, like, <laughs> choleric. <Yes>. Okay. <laughs> but on the Enneagram, I'm a nine and she's an eight. So – yeah, I think what I would – the term I would have used to describe Annie when I, like, first met her was, like, aggressively friendly. <laughs> <laughs> that is not false. <laughs> but I'm always like that. It's not – like, you can't just say, like, oh, she's new to town. She's No, it's just – that's just how I am. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. I love that. Um, And, like, I, like, she kind of uh, – yeah, it was sort of like she pursued me, but then I was pregnant and I was, like – I remember texting her like, I can't hang out with you because I'm going to bed at eight o'clock. Like, I'm so (laughs) tired. And she was like, oh, congrats. Great. Like, no problem. And I was like, oh, cool. That was a cool response. Like, I don't know. And then at some point, when they tell you you're pregnant. (laughs) I know, but I just felt lame for like wimping out at the last minute, probably. Um, But then at some point we settled into this weekly play date rhythm where like on Mondays I would go to campus to have dinner with Chris and his classmates. And so it was like we'd go to Annie's house and play and then we'd just go to campus. And that worked really well for me. And I didn't know it was a weekly thing, but each week Annie would be like, you up for Monday again? And I was like, oh, yeah if like you're willing to have me again and like, awesome. that happened like six times. And then I was like, Oh, this is a thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. And oh my gosh, Annie, that's so good because I feel like I am, I'm not that way either. So I feel like I need someone that's like, Hey, every week, like, Hey, come on over, come on over. That's so good. <laughs> and I even will like try and, nail someone down even like as they're leaving like hey next <laughs> next tuesday right right we're gonna I love it that's, so <laughs> good. <the> <laughs> that's great and our our oldest girls got along well and so it was like oh this feels pretty easy like for the kids to be playing and like then we're able to click and yeah we are super different but i think that like as i got to know her more i it made me find her really interesting because i was like what random thing is Annie going to ask my opinion on today? Like, <laughs> what are we going to talk about today? <laughs> oh, I love it. That's so good. So then, um, Sarah, with your recent move, like, do you have any new thoughts on, like, 
and Annie, you can answer this too, but like thoughts on finding new friends and um, especially like, I know this is such a weird time with COVID, so I don't even know yeah, yeah, if you have anything new to share about that, but finding friends and just kind of continuing to nurture friendships. Yeah. So we actually did an episode on this also on like making mom friends and awesome. friendship. Um, and that episode actually really Im- emboldened me <laughs> because <laughs> Annie was telling these stories of how she made like she like literally sprinted 50 yards after someone who she saw had kids her same age to be like, yeah. hey, look, <laughs> we have kids the same age. Like, that's awesome. Let's be friends. So aggressively friendly. <laughs> <laughs> that's and, so great. And I was imagining that we were going to move here and yeah, COVID, that I was just going to like be in my house and just like have my head down from like August to Christmas. And I was like, then after Christmas, I'll like venture out and maybe make some (laughs) friends. Just like very low expectations of like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to make any new friends. But um, I actually moved to a place where there's kind of like instant Catholic community, Mm. which is a huge blessing. There's like a, Catholic women's email list serve you can get on for my town and oh wow that's great yeah so my little like intro to that group off of that came some play dates of like meeting up at a park um and through one of those I met this woman that I clicked with well after like the second or third time I was like I think we're clicking and our daughter our oldest daughter's um, we're starting to really like each other too. So I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move in on this one. (laughs) I think after, after hanging out with her twice, because the second time went really well, I like texted her and I kind of felt out how she was feeling with, with COVID. And since Annie and I had kind of done like a bubble of our two families, um, yeah. in South Bend, I was sort of like, I had that on my radar. Anyway, I was like, it's my birthday this Sunday. And I was wondering if you could come over after our kids are asleep and do a date night swap so we can go out on my birthday. <laughs> and she was like, oh, yeah, awesome. totally. I can do that. <laughs> oh, that's so great. I was like, yes. And then, and then I later, maybe like a week or two later, I brought up like, Hey, if you if like Lizzie would ever want to come to our house and do quiet time, like cozy time with my daughter, like I'd be totally down to do that. And if like that would help you, you know, just let me know. And yeah. now we've fallen into a like it happens twice a week. Like she'll come here and then like my daughter will go there on another day. And so I feel like things like that we like now I'm like, how did I like have the confidence to do that? <laughs> but it was like, it feels like it's being like put before me and I'm just going to like go for it. I want a friend and I'm going to lock her down. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I'll link to that episode in the show notes as well. So people can listen to that too. Um, Annie, did you have any other thoughts on that? Yes, because it sounds like I have all these friends, but Sarah just moved away and I just had like four other, because I live in this very transient university town, just had like four other friends move away all at the same time. So we were in the same spot. (laughs) But I I did have a very good friend who was here the first year I lived here, who was then gone for a time, come back. And she and I have really um, been enjoying hanging out and She's been such a blessing to me, and I've really been pursuing her and nailing her down and just, can I show up at your house right now? (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Things like that. But it has been on my mind a lot because um, this friend, her two older boys um, or older kids are boys. Mm -hmm. And so I've been thinking and praying and worrying a lot about my four-and-a-half-year-old daughter who's been really – just sad and had this hole in her heart of, you know, her best friend moving away. Um, 
So when Sarah was here and when we were in our COVID bubble, it was like, oh my gosh, like this has simplified life so much. Just having like one super good friend, our family is just like, you know, hanging out together and it's great. And, um, and now I'm, I'm having to read just a little bit because this friend is so great, but you know, my daughter also wants girls to play with Mm. And finding that is hard because even though maybe I know people who kind of fit that description, they're not necessarily people who are available. Um, Just there's, there's a lot of good reasons why it's hard to hang out with people. But I, I actually, I prayed a novena um, to our lady of perpetual help. And before that, this was like two weeks ago, before the novena was over, I did meet someone um, at a rosary group with an older daughter, and we actually did hang out for the first time today. Who knows? Maybe by the time this airs, she'll realize I'm crazy. (laughs) 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 Time will have changed. (laughs) um, But we keep trying. And we were hanging out today, and I was like, I told myself I was going to wait to ask you this, but <laughs> would you want to do a quiet time together for our daughters? And she she was like, oh, oh yeah, that's cool. That. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, that's so awesome. Good. Yeah, that's hard. That's like a, a whole different dynamic, too, is you're finding people around your kids' ages as well. And mm-hmm. when you find a family that there's like a little bit of a match, there's like, okay, <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, well, then I would love to ask you about, because a lot of people listening are probably in the same boat as um, us with trying to balance homeschooling and then also housework and like making time for friendships, making time for your husband, taking time for yourself <laughs> and having like a lot of little people around. <laughs> so I would, I'd love to know if there have been anything in particular, any tips that have really helped you or tricks that you've been doing. Yeah. I think so I think for me it's like ho- with homeschooling keeping it super simple and yeah. I, like it's it's simple and short and doable. Um and then kind of for everything else it's I think it comes down to like communicating well with my husband. Because <laughs> mm. <laughs> the key yeah. for balance like I need his support, I need his help. And he's great. Like, he's so great, you know. But then there are some weeks when he is busier, has a lot more work, papers to write, whatever. And then I pull more of the weight with, like, morning wake-ups or doing bedtime solo, whatever. And so, like, those weeks, you know, you can't do everything right, so I'll let things go. Like, meals are super simple and, like, bare minimum of – kitchen cleanup, house tidying is happening. Mm. And then when we reach the end and he's like done with his stuff and, you know, like we kind of like, there's like a breathing space, then it's like, okay, we need to plan a night where to reconnect. And then probably that weekend I will ask for alone time and I'll ask him to like vacuum the whole house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I think with friends, um, Marco Polo is like my favorite thing. Oh yeah. Okay. Tell me about that because yeah. I'm in a um so a local group that just started that and I have like here okay, here's my tendency. I feel like before I like comment on or like do a Marco Polo video, I need to like be prepared to like <laughs> share my thoughts or something. But I'm guessing most people don't use it that way. So okay, just tell me about <laughs> it. No, you're a pod- you're a podcaster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to me, okay, so just you like, just use it to like check in. Yeah, it's like longer text, or it's just like this is how my day is. This is what I'm thinking about. Like even in like starting in the middle of a thought and just like ending it. And it's just like I could. Before, I would have had to probably type all of this out in an email or a text, but like, I'm not going to do that. So I can just prop it up and talk while I'm doing dishes. And then 
And then it's like sort of like it's like a very convenient FaceTime almost of like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we can't actually make the time to talk in person, you know, in real time. But we can Marco Polo and like I can listen when it's convenient. I can talk when it's convenient. And that has helped me stay in touch with like friends that, you know, friends I would really not be close with. Like one friend I had and she had her first baby right when I had my third baby and then she moved away. And we're like closer now than we were when we lived in the same town Wow! because we have the mom stuff to talk about now and we can polo about it. Yeah. Um, so that and that's life giving for me too, of like hearing from friends and talking to friends and on my own time. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's great. Um, and then for you, Annie, any other any thoughts on balancing things? <laughs> yeah. Well, I love I loved what Sarah said about um, yeah keeping things simple when you're in a little bit more of a survival mode, that actually made me think, I don't know who it was in one of your episodes, Amber, but she talked about like what steals your peace. Mm. Um, And so like for me, it steals my peace to like wake up in the morning and have stuff all over the kitchen table. You know, so thinking about, and then I realized like having a dirty shower, like does not bother me at all. (laughs) So yeah, figuring out um, what you actually need. As far as homeschooling, I mean, that just doesn't really feel like a burden right now when they're so little. I mean, I know people who, I mean, have even like seven-year-olds who are on, you know, Zoom all day. And I'm just thinking, that's so much time on school. <laughs> they, yeah. don't, they don't need that. Um, and even hearing you guys talk about reading curriculum books, even though I have like my teaching background, I'm like, oh, I don't know. That doesn't really interest me right now. So yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm just great. doing it really simple right now. Um, not like laminating things at night. You know, it just, it doesn't take any extra time. I am, I'm already here. And if anything, it's like, oh, it makes me be intentional to um, be with my kids. I mean, my two and a half year old is usually just sitting on my lap coloring or sitting next to us yeah. coloring. Um, yeah, but, and then you mentioned friends, um, keeping up with friends. I definitely mentally check in with myself um, after I see friends and I'm thinking, you know, was that energizing? Um, not even like, was it amazing? Did we, you know, connect on every level? But like, did it lighten my load, um, encourage me to be a good and peaceful mom and wife? And it's it's time I'm still with my kids anyway. I mean, when I was working full time and had my daughter, it was a lot harder. I feel yeah. very blessed um, to have a lot more freedom now. Um but I'm like, well, I'm already already here playing at the, you know, at the park or outside. We might as well <laughs> yeah. hang out. Um, and I did just hire a, um, my husband was like, you need some more help. I cannot help you do dishes on Wednesdays or Thursdays or Fridays. <laughs> and so we just hired like a mother's helper, helper um, like an hour and a half, one day a week to like awesome. help me with the dish pile up midweek. <laughs> yeah. So things like that are great. That's so good to hear. And you know, in a lot of homeschooling communities, I think there's a lot of um, like middle school girls who are kind of looking for something like that, where they could mm-hmm. go and be with another family and help out. And I I think that's just such a great, um, great idea to have mm-hmm. a little bit of help in that way. That's great. I love that. Um, and then in terms of like taking time for uh, yourself, for both of you, and I know, um, Sarah, you had mentioned like a main thing is like just communication with your husband, with like what you need. Uh, like what time, like do you feel like there's a certain time of day where you can just have time to yourself or is it kind of like a weekly thing or is it just whenever you feel like you need it, you're communicating that? Hmm. Well, each day, it's like a daily and a weekly thing. 
Uh-huh. Each, That's good. Yeah. yeah. Each day uh, when they all nap or do cozy time, I pretty much nap every day. Uh, that's awesome. Cause that's just like my, I can do these power naps. I don't know. That's just like how I recharge. Um, so I definitely rely on that. Like there's quiet, there's this guaranteed quiet portion of the day where I can be alone and rest. Um, and then Saturday morning, right now I'm in a rhythm of Saturdays. I take Evangeline to a ballet class. So I have an hour to just go and do something by myself. And I've just been like sitting. It's still fairly nice weather here. So I've been sitting outside and reading just a book for fun. Um, and that is great. And then I also exercise is really helpful for me. Um, and I just bought myself like a pseudo Peloton. It was like kind of a birthday present thing of like, I'm going to buy an exercise bike. I'm not going to buy a Peloton because I can't. And I'm what gonna, is that? I'm not oh, sure. it's like, uh, it's like, so I can do I like a spin class basically. Said it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Peloton is like you, it's like a $2,000 bike that comes with this like live, these like live stream spin classes. Wow. Um, that's neat. Yeah. But you can buy the app for much cheaper and still get the classes and then you can buy a much cheaper bike also. So I try to do that three times a week and that just helps me so much. I have so much more energy and yeah, that's kind of what I do to – and adoration, adoration once a week. And I love that. And I can't remember if we were talking about that before or after we started recording, but you were saying that you um, switch off with like uh, another mom friend. Yes, where so you it's watch the same mom kids. friend, the one I locked down. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, she lives really close to the parish that we go to. And we actually live really close to her. Like that's one of the things I love about this town we moved to is we can walk everywhere. So we walk to her house. She will walk over to the church for half an hour and I'll be with all the kids, and then we switch. Yeah, that's become a Friday morning thing. That's awesome. I love that. And what about for you, Annie? I don't. I, Sarah's so much better at that. <laughs> <laughs> all of that. I, I do also have the daily um, rest period, you know, for at least 40 to 60 minutes where all three are um, either sleeping or doing quiet time. But... I think it's just so, it's so different depending on what I need um, mm. for that day. I'm very inconsistent <laughs> with what I need. I do go to um, like Saturday morning mass and I usually take my daughter um, and then every um, few weeks I'll go by myself and make sure I can go to confession. So I love that. But different things fill my bucket in so many different ways. I think that was one thing coming into motherhood that I had to accept about myself that it wasn't necessarily a nap or a bath that um, filled me up. And that does sometimes, Mm. but it's almost like different every day. It's like, I just keep myself guessing. (laughs) What do I need? What's going to make me happy today? (laughs) That's so good to hear. I'm glad you said that because I think there's a lot of people that are probably in that same boat where it's like, well, you know, a bath might sound nice to me one day, but sometimes I might just need to be out of the house. And um, that's just good to recognize by yourself too, that you don't always need the same thing to recharge, but mm-hmm. it might be different depending on your season or the ages of your kids or whatever. So I, I really like that. Yeah. Um, great. Well, thank you both so much for chatting with me and just sharing about your lives. I am really grateful and I really enjoyed the conversation. And I would love um, for you to just share where people can find you and find um, your podcast. <laughs> I'm going to know who is there. Why did you take that one? Okay. Well, our podcast is Laughs and Littles and it's on iTunes and Spotify. And what else, Annie? <laughs> it's it's everywhere. It's even on. Did you know there's Amazon podcasts now? Because Amazon has. Taken ah, it. nice. <laughs> okay, great. Um, and then and we have an Instagram for that. That's laughs and littles, and a Facebook page. 
And then I also blog. I have a blog um, that's called Glimpses of Joy. Oh, great. And I'm not on there super much as much recently, but yeah. Awesome. That sounds really good. Okay, well, I'll just go ahead and close this in prayer then, and we can wrap up. Lord Jesus, uh, thank you for this time together, and I pray that you would give all those listening a sense of peace and joy in their vocation, um, that they would be able to just practice your presence today and know that you are with them and be able to see you in their families and in those they encounter. And we offer this prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Hi friends, you have been listening to Diapers and Disciples. To find out more about the podcast, you can visit diapersanddisciples.com. You can also visit us on Facebook and Instagram at Diapers and Disciples. To learn more about supporting the show, visit patreon.com slash diapersanddisciples. Thanks so much for listening today. Until next time, God bless.